Um, and, and once again, like I said, I want this one to kind of be a little informal. Um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do as far as group work, I wanted to show you just some different ways that you could work with kids and start speaking their language, okay, in a group uh, way. And like I talked about a while ago, a lot of people, a lot of children, they just don't have the verbal skills or language that we have that you or I do. So we sometimes have to get into their little worlds, right? We have to speak in third person and and play with them. Um, One of the big things in play therapy is they teach us that play is a child's language and toys are their words. And it's so true, you know? Many times a child can't verbally tell you what's going on, but they can play it out. So that's something that's very key. And when we do the, the workshop um, at 1.30, I'm going to talk about more specifics in a one-on-one setting and how to do sand tray and use puppets to kind of get them to, to talk in their own language and to feel safe enough to talk because they're not always going to talk in first person because some things are too scary for them to bring up. So what we're going to do today is some, some group activities. And we're just, I'm just going to kind of plant some seeds in your mind, just a, a few ideas. And really, based on the one activity that we do today, you can do so many things with it. So I want, I want your, your brains to just um, feel free to be creative and just go with it, okay? Um, when I, this whole idea of the group and seed digging, kind of a group session is really what got my brain thinking about Freedom prayer and how do I talk to a child using the freedom prayer language? How, how do I get into their world? Because not every child, once again, they don't necessarily, they're not able to cognitively process their feelings. So you got to come up with different ideas. And so one day I was in an after school group with a bunch of elementary children and I was reading a book and it was a character book about a little boy who believed that he was stupid. And I love the story. I had actually used it for years, and we would do a little activity, and, and it was a great, a great little book. But as I began to read through the book, I got to this part where this little boy, his grandpa started talking to him about what to do because he believed he was stupid. Now, let me give you some, um, some go back, backwards a little bit in the story and kind of tell you what's going on. The little boy probably had a learning disability. I'm not real sure. But the kids would laugh at him at school. He would go to a special class, and um, he constantly just felt stupid, felt dumb. His grades weren't very good. One night, he overheard his parents in a conversation saying, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with him. Will he ever go to college? Is he ever going to make anything of himself like his brother? I'm sure just an honest conversation parents have, but the little boy heard it. So you can imagine, right? Seeds were planted. Seeds were watered. And so this little boy goes to his grandpa's. And this was the moment that I had this huge enlightening moment of, oh my goodness, what just happened? And it's kind of the the story builds, 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 and then the grandpa tells him, you know, son, some kids just have to work harder. Some kids just have to try a little bit harder. You may have to study your spelling words three times as more than the other kids. You have to try a little harder because, you, you know, basically what he was saying was, It may be harder for you to learn. And what he did wasn't wrong, you know. We do that. Sometimes we have to work harder in areas of our life where we're we're not understanding. But when I read the story, I just stopped and I shut the book. (laughs) Because I'd been learning Freedom Prayer from Alan, and I'm trying to speak these children's languages. 
And I just stopped the book. And the kids looked at me like, what are you doing? Keep reading the book. And I couldn't. I couldn't make myself finish the book because it just reminded me of this little boy believes he's stupid. Somebody tell him he's loved and valued and smart. Regardless if you're good with your grades, you're still smart, right? I wanted to hear that. Instead, what I heard was, try harder, try harder, do more, right? You remember a few minutes ago, some of the stories I was sharing with you? Kids have illogical thinking. So, once again, Grandpa was doing what he probably thought was a good thing to do. And what he was doing wasn't necessarily wrong. It was the context, the way he said it, and how it came across. So I shut the book. And the kids are upset at me. And I think I made, I don't really remember, honestly. I think I made up the rest of the story or I did something and we veered. But in that moment, I do remember having this feeling come to me or this thought come to me that said, you've got to write a book. And I just knew that I had to write a book about this because what happens is traditional counseling teaches coping skills. We teach people how to cope and survive. Cope and survive. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I believe God gave us coping skills to help us survive, but it's never meant to be the end result. Coping skills are meant to help us survive so that we can get healing, right? It's kind of like if you're in the the middle of the ocean and you're sinking and somebody brings you a life jacket, well, praise God for the life jacket, right? I can survive and I can live, but how long are you going to live in the middle of the ocean with a life jacket? You needed something to get you to the shore, and help you survive. Coping skills aren't the all fix, okay? So I went home, and honestly, within a few weeks, I began thinking about a story. What story can I write to help these kids understand? And that's kind of where the whole seed digging idea, I think that's really where it started, because I started with the children's book, which we're in the process right now of um, publishing. I'm in the process of editing and all that. Um, But that's kind of where the whole concept came from, is that we're all gardens, We all have weeds and flowers. We're not bad for that. Let's just figure out what's causing the weeds and flowers. And so I'm going to read for you um, a little, the little story that I came up with. And I'm going to be very honest. My story was very bare bones. And the editor is phenomenal because she's really spiced it up and made it creative and fun. So I'm really excited about the story. It is a little long and there's no pictures. So you'll have to just let yourself be kids for a few minutes and just sit back and enjoy and just try to visualize the story. Okay. Um, And let's see, there's one other thing I was going to tell you about. Oh, yeah. Okay. And when we're done with the story, um, I have some questions I'm going to ask you. We're going to process those. And once again, I want it to be very just laid back, casual, okay? And I don't want you to be um, uh, bashful. I'm going to kind of treat it like I would a group setting, okay? I'm going to kind of model, and I may um, say a few things here and there to teach what you can do when you're in my situation or in my position as far as teaching your kids at church, teaching your kids at school, all right? And then we're going to do the activity. Okay, so the story is called Charlie and the Yucky, Stinky, No Good Fruit, all right? Once upon a time, there was a loving little village of people called Gardenias. It was a special place where words and thoughts turned into plants and flowers in each Gardenia's garden. Hello, Charlie, said Phoebe, as she walked past his beautiful garden of orange trees. I love your oranges. They are so sweet. Thank you for sharing them with all of the villagers. Charlie smiled. That praise sank into his heart, and a new seed sprouted. 
When that happy seed sprouted in Charlie's heart, a new beautiful orange tree also sprang up in his garden. Charlie and Phoebe laughed, and the new little plant shook itself in delight. The new seed in Charlie's heart made him feel so happy he wanted to do something nice. Can I help carry your bags, Phoebe? I'll walk you to your house. Charlie and Phoebe walked past the other gardenia's gardens. Golden sunflowers covered one garden. Bright red tomatoes grew in another. One had green cucumbers, and another had apples hanging from swaying branches. Since each gardenia grew one kind of flower or plant or tree, they always shared with each other. When they passed Frappy's persimmon plot, Phoebe sighed. Oh, Frappy must be unhappy again, she said. Look at those poor, poor trees. Frappy's persimmon trees looked wilted. A big, ugly tree dropped stinking fruit on the ground. Poor Frappy. He must have planted a bad seed in his heart, Charlie said. I hope he'll soon believe how good he is. Charlie knew each gardenia was special and good. Whenever he walked past the wise oak tree in the town square, he felt again that goodness. It made him happy and made each of the plants and gardenias smile and grow with joy. As Charlie walked back to the house, he passed Frappy's house once again. Charlie stood in his garden, frowning. Before Charlie could greet him, Frappy said, why are you so, what are you so happy about? You have the ugliest garden in town. Charlie stared at Frappy. He loved his trees, but, but, Charlie said, ugly, Frappy shouted. It's just orange and green. It's ugly. Charlie felt a tear start down his cheek and a big sad seed planted itself in his heart. Maybe it was true. His garden wasn't bright like the sunflowers. It didn't have shiny red tomatoes or sweet juicy apples. When Charlie got home, he saw a dark, ugly plant sprouting in his garden. But Charlie was too sad to pay attention to it. My garden's ugly, he thought. What does it matter? The next day, Charlie didn't go out and weed or water. He just sat on his porch and thought about what Frappy said. The words hurt. And each time he remembered them, he believed them more and more. With each thought, the dark, ugly plant in the garden grew bigger and bigger. Look at the bug bites on those leaves, Charlie thought. They are ugly. Look how the cucumber vines in Gerbo's garden cover the ground. But my garden, or but my ground is brown and bare. Phoebe's apples are shiny and smooth. My oranges are dull and rough. Even as Charlie thought about it, even as Charlie thought it, the oranges became duller. Now the dark, ugly plant was nearly as big as the orange trees. It shoved them out of the way. Yes, Charlie shouted. He felt like shoving people, too. He ran back in town and started yelling, Your garden is ugly! Every gardenia he saw, he yelled at them, Ugly! The gardenias looked shocked and sad. Sometimes he saw a dark, ugly plant spring up in their gardens, too. Serves them right, Charlie thought. My garden's ugly. They should have ugly plants growing in their gardens, too. Charlie, Phoebe called. Charlie turned to see her pull up a dark, ugly sprout from her garden. What are you doing? This isn't good. Charlie turned away. He was too angry to listen to her. The sad seed in his heart made him yell, You're stupid. You just don't know. Then he ran home. By now, the dark, ugly plant towered over his garden. It blocked the sun from the orange trees, and they began to look pale and weak. Charlie sat under the dark, ugly plant. As he leaned against it, he felt angrier and madder than ever. The tree blossomed with purple-black flowers, and it smelled like skunk. Mottled green fruit grew. 
When it dropped, it splattered on Charlie and covered him in in skunk smell. Charlie jumped up. Yuck, he shouted. This is yucky, stinky fruit. This is terrible. For the first time in days, Charlie really looked at his garden. His orange trees looked gray and shriveled. The huge dark tree covered everything with a sick shadow. How did this happen? What went wrong with this garden? Charlie yelled at the stinky fruit tree. Get out of my garden. The tree just grew some more. Charlie kicked at the tree and punched it. It just rained down stinky, smelly fruit onto Charlie's head. Charlie collapsed in a heap on the ground and cried. He smelled terrible. He noticed that the other gardeners crossed the street to avoid getting close to him in a smelly garden. My garden is truly ugly now, Charlie whispered. I want my old garden back. I loved my orange trees. I loved my orange trees. When the orange trees heard this, they rustled and perked up. Charlie grabbed an axe and tried to chop down the dark, ugly tree. The axe bounced off. It did nothing. Charlie tried pulling at the leaves to give his orange trees more sunlight. But new ones grew as fast as he pulled the old leaves off. Charlie's heart felt so sad and heavy. He felt as if he felt as dark as the yucky, stinky fruit tree. Oh, I want to feel good again, Charlie said. He remembered the good feelings he always had around the wise oak tree in the village center. He desperately needed those good feelings again. As he went into town, Charlie was surprised to see how, other, how many other gardens had stinky, yucky fruit trees. Had he planted them with his ugly words and mean actions? Charlie felt worse than ever. He leaned against the trunk of the wise oak tree. I'm so sorry. I don't want to be mean and sad anymore. I've yelled at my friends. I've lied. I've kicked and hit. No one wants to be around me anymore. I've made all of Gardenia sad and ugly. Tears ran down his face as he hugged the big tree. Oh, wise oak tree, can you help me be happy again? As Charlie hugged the tree, the leaves rustled and whispered, Charlie, Charlie, you believe the mean words that Frappy spoke. You let that sad seed grow in your heart. He said my garden was ugly, Charlie sighed. Yes, because you believed him, a sad seed grew in your garden, and it grew in you. It made you feel ugly and angry. It let the stinky, yucky fruit tree take over your garden, the oak tree whispered. I don't want to feel this way, Charlie sobbed, and I want my old garden back. I want all of Cardinia to be happy again. Charlie felt the old tree wrap its branches around him in a hug. Frappy's words were not true. No matter what anyone says, your garden is always beautiful, the rustling leaves murmured. Even if that ugly, stinky tree overshadows your garden... It can never take your beauty away. The wise oak tree's words warmed Charlie's heart. Is my garden still beautiful? Charlie wondered, even with the stinky tree. Charlie listened to his heart. It felt the truth of the oak tree. I believe you, Charlie told the tree. I believe my garden is beautiful, no matter what. It's good, and it's beautiful. As Charlie said those words, it felt like the sun came out. This new seed of belief and happiness melted the old one of sadness and anger. It was just gone. Charlie rushed home. As he passed gardenias, he shouted, Your garden is beautiful. It's wonderful. When Charlie got home, he stopped and stared. The big, yucky, stinky tree was gone. Gone. No smell, no mess. And in its place, a perky little orange tree poked from the soil. I chose to believe the truth, Charlie said. And look what happened. All those angry, grumpy feelings were gone, too. The orange trees blossom with beauty and happiness. The next day, as Charlie was digging in his garden, Frappy came along again. Yo, ugly garden, he yelled. 
Charlie laughed and called back, My garden's beautiful, and yours is too. Charlie was never going to let those little mean words grow into yucky, stinky fruit ever again. Brappy looked at him. Really? You think my garden's beautiful? Yes. The wise oak tree says everyone's garden is beautiful, Charlie said. I love your persimmons. The next time Phoebe and Charlie walked past Frappy's gardens, garden, the trees shone with health and happiness. There was not an ugly, dark plant to be found. I'm so happy, Phoebe said. Frappy chose to believe the truth. The truth is that little sad seeds don't always stay small. They grow into big, ugly trees that produce sad words and sad deeds. Little happy seeds make big, happy trees and big, happy gardens. And as Charlie, Phoebe, and Frappy learned, big, happy gardens produce big, happy lives. So that's the little story. (laughs) Thank you. I hope in the next few months that we can get that printed and and going. Um, but in the meantime, um, if you want, I can either start a little list um, and get your email addresses, or you can go to my website, seedigging.com, and if you will um, email me, I can forward the story to you. And if you want to use it in a group setting like what I'm going to show you, you're welcome to do that. So once again, read the story to the kids, get them engaged, and then we do a little activity. But first, I'm going to ask a few questions. Now, when I ask these questions, you have to remember when we work with kids that in a mental health professional setting, we have confidentiality. We're bound by HIPAA. We're bound by federal laws, you know. But we also tell kids in a group setting, be careful what you say because I can't always guarantee that, you know, that your neighbor isn't going to go and say something to you later or to your friends. So we really try to make them feel very safe so that they can express what they need to say. But I also want to share that with you when you ask these questions that I'm going to read to you. You may not. Um, you may want to make sure the kids understand you do not have to answer out loud. You can answer, give them pen and paper. They may want to um, talk about their weeds in the form of a, you know, something that's uh, confidential that nobody else is going to see. So just be very mindful of those things. Kids are kids. And it's not, um, it's not uncommon for a kid to hear somebody else's weakness and because of their own weeds the next day at school make sure everybody knows about it. So be very um, careful with that. But I'm going to read some questions, and anybody can just answer out loud, okay? What did Charlie believe that caused the sad seed to be planted in his garden? Anybody want to answer? Miss Vicki? (laughs) (laughs) That his garden was... There you go. That his garden was yucky. His garden was ugly, right? Not any good. And that right there, yucky and ugly, can... If you look at that classical sad seed list, list, you never know from one child to another... Um, which one of those sad seeds got planted in his heart. It could be, I'm ugly, I don't matter, no one cares about me, you know, but but that's what it was. Um, Sad seed was planted in his garden. When that sad seed grew, what problems or stinky fruit did it cause in his own garden? Anybody want to answer that? Anger? Okay, very good. What else happened to his garden physically? He did have feelings. Ooh, that's true. That's good. That's exactly right. It did. Um, It caused feelings. It caused big weeds or big stinky trees to grow up, to sprout up. It became ugly. That's a very good point. 
When that sad seed grew, what problems or stinky fruit did it cause for his friends and family? Huh? It caused him to have stinky, ugly plants in their garden. And that's what's so interesting. We are so intertwined. You know, that's how God made us. What I do can affect someone else. What, what they do can affect me. Right? Just like Charlie, we all have stinky fruit, fruit <clears throat> and do things that cause problems. What stinky fruit do you have in your garden that you wish wasn't there? Now, this is one I'm not going to ask anybody to um, say out loud. <laughs> but I can tell you, <clears throat> especially when I do a session one-on-one, um, I always start a session telling them about the garden analogy. And we all have gardens, we all have weeds, and we all have flowers. And I do that. And then I'll say, let me tell you about one of my weeds. I yell at my husband sometimes when he makes me mad. I have a weed too. You know, and um, the other day, my brother, he's a therapist too. And we were in a session. And uh, I made him say one of his weeds too. Because I wanted this child to feel comfortable. So I said, he's got weeds too. And you've got to you gotta tell her what one of your weeds are. And it was funny because he was just kind of looking at me like, did she just do that? Um, but... When you're working with children, you want them to feel safe and comfortable. You want them to know, wow, I'm not weird. I'm not the only one ugly in the, you know, that has ugly things in my garden. She yells at her husband, you know. So it's good to just be okay. And that's another reason it's really important to seed dig with yourself. Do freedom prayer with yourself, and we'll talk about that later. Um, Because you're working through weeds in your garden, you know. It's very important to do that. So that you can say those things and not be embarrassed. I used to couldn't have said that out loud. I can say that now. I yell at him pretty often. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Um, just like in Charlie's garden, your stinky fruit started from a sad seed that was planted when you believed something that wasn't really true. What sad seeds do you have? What sad, se- sad things are you believing about yourself that aren't true? You know, so you can just think about that for a few minutes. Once again, if it was a group that I felt would be safe enough and okay to verbalize out loud, or, you know, sometimes Sunday school classes, kids will tell you, you know, I hit my brother sometimes. And it's really kind of neat to watch because when somebody says what one of their weeds are, the other kids are like, me too, I do that too, you know. So it makes them feel safe enough. So it's, it's really good. You, you'd be amazed at how many kids will admit to what they do when they see another kid admit to what they did. So it, it can be a really neat little experience. Um, so think about, you know, what sad seeds do you have? If you sit there and just think about what, what are some of the things that I think sometimes that I'm not important? You know, think about those moments when you get into an argument with your spouse or when you get um, really upset with your child. If you looked at that classical sad seed list, which, you know, you all have one of those, in that moment, begin to think about the things that I really think. Makes me feel like he doesn't care about me. Makes me feel like he doesn't love me. You know? Think about when you have the most intense emotions. You have a seed. You're not bad. You have a seed, and you probably have weeds. You're doing something that responds to that seed. Think about the last time that Maybe you did something and nobody else knows you did it. You're not bad. You've never been bad. You just believe something that's making you react. So think about the last time you did something, you had a really extreme extreme emotion. What was the little thoughts that were coming to you? You know? There were thoughts. There was something that was coming to you. Um, So that's what I would do in the garden with the kids, or in the session with the kids. I'd begin to, to, to tell them, to ask them, think about, One little thought that you may have that comes to you. 
And I may say things. I may take my classical sad seed list and say things to them to prompt them. Do you ever feel like no one loves you? Do you ever feel like no one cares about you? Do you ever feel like you're ugly or you're fat? You know, say those things and help them begin to think. Yeah, because sometimes even in their little thoughts, they're so mumble-jumbled because they've not learned to process and think those things. Sometimes they don't really know what those thoughts are. So help them. That list is pretty common. Okay? So when the wise oak tree told Charlie the truth about his garden, that sad seed or rotten tree disappeared and never came back. In its place, a happy seed was planted. Do you remember what the wise oak tree said to Charlie? What was that happy seed? Anybody know? Alan? (laughs) Great. Angela? His garden was beautiful. (laughs) Too late. His garden was beautiful, right? So, in return, that old stinky tree went away, didn't it? Okay? If we ask the wise old tree to speak to you about your sad seed, what would the wise old tree say to you? So I want everybody in this room to think for just a second about the last time you got really, really upset. And I want you just to think about, put yourself in that moment, and just think about what were the thoughts that were coming to me. Was it that no one loves me, that no one cares about me, that I'm not important, that I don't matter, that I'm a failure? And I want to ask truth to come. What would truth tell you? What would he say about you? Okay, now you have a wonderful opportunity just like Charlie did. You can choose to believe the truth. And if you do, a lot of happy things can happen. You can continue to believe that old stinky thought, right? And we know where that's getting you. That old stinky thought makes you hit kids and say mean things and makes you have really yucky feelings inside. You're not bad if you keep believing that. But it's not very fun, is it? You know, that happy seed can make you feel better inside. What happened when Charlie chose the happy seed? What happened in his garden and in his life? His garden started to bloom. What happened to the feelings? They went away. They changed. That's exactly right. And his garden was restored back to its beautiful state. Okay? So, if you choose to believe that happy seed and believe the truth that was just shared with you, you'll be amazed at what can happen. Now, let me take a moment to to share this with you. Um, We all have weeds. We all have flowers. We all have seeds. And it is very much, I really believe with all my heart, it's something that we will have the rest of our life. I will always have weeds in my garden. You know, um, I just think my garden's getting to where it's not fields and fields of weeds to where it's getting a little bit better, right? I hope when I'm 80, it might not be quite as many fields, you know what I mean? It might just be one, and that's okay, because the cool thing is, the more I learn to hear truth, the more he writes the laws on my heart and not man, the more freedom I experience. It's quite amazing, and that's really all seed digging is. That's what freedom prayer is. And the cool thing about it is you want to give the tool back to the kid. 
you want to give the tool back to the adult because I don't want them to be codependent on me. I want to give the tool back to them so that they can do the same thing. Go home the next time you're upset and say, okay, what am I believing? When was the first time I believed that? What's the truth, God? And if you have a hard time hearing the truth, it's okay. I did for the longest time. That's why Alan had to help me. Um, he, he came up to Harrison after the eating disorder. Um, the book talks about that. He came up to Harrison a few years later for about a year and a half to help me get to the place that I could hear truth for myself. And what's interesting is there were several times I would get so down and I couldn't hear truth for myself. I was digging by myself and I'm trying to hear God and I'm mad because I can't hear him and he's not talking to me. And uh, I'd call him and say, Alan, I got to drive down there and see you. And things would happen. It would, you know, this last year there were times I'd worked through a lot of weeds and I was like, Alan, I need to come down there. I need you to help me. My baby was really sick, so I had lots of fear coming at me. And uh, it would snow or it would ice. And lo and behold, it happened like seven or eight times and I was getting even madder. I'm like, this is not right. I need Alan to help me. And God showed me, are you becoming codependent with Alan? Yeah, (laughs) I probably am. And so when he showed me that, he began to help me work through those seeds myself. And it was a blessing that I didn't come to Alan because he was my quick fix. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you want to be careful not to do that. The Freedom Prayer Ministry is phenomenal. You guys, this is wonderful. If you had a hard time hearing truth just then, you're not bad. There might be a little part inside of you that's scared to hear from truth. And that's okay. Get with these guys. They'll help you hear truth. And the end result is that you'll take that back and you'll become codependent with him. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, the last one, I may have already answered that. Sorry, I totally got on a sidekick. If we ask the old wise tree to speak to you about your sad seed, what would the wise old tree say to you? I didn't read this part. Remember, when the wise old tree speaks, he is always kind and speaks with love. Always. What happy seed would he plant in your garden? He always, 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 always speaks with love. And that's hard sometimes because the truth I would hear in my head many times were, yeah, you are, you shouldn't have done that. Because I was raised with that in a religious mindset that God was up there ready to smack me on the hand every time I did something wrong. And so it was hard for me to understand that he's not mad at me and doesn't want to talk to me. And so when I began to allow myself, or when that whatever happened, happened, and I could begin to hear him, it didn't matter how bad, how bad my weeds are or were, he always spoke with love. And I see that all the time with kids. They may have done some really horrific things, the same things with adults. But when truth comes, it could be something as simple as, yeah, you messed up. Forgive yourself. I still love you. And when a kid hears that, it changes everything. Because they begin to see themselves as the garden. They begin to see that I am good. I am something. It's a pretty cool experience. Okay? Okay, so we're going to do our little activity. And this is just a little activity you can do along with the story. The little planners, I'm just going to tell you those are so cheap. I think I got them for like, I say, are they plant, what are those things called? Um, Bowls, plant, thank you, plant pots. (laughs) Those little things are about 30 cents um, at Walmart. And you really could do anything. You could take cups, styrofoam cups. You know, if you're on a budget, get styrofoam cups. 
you know, and have the kids decorate them and paint them or whatever you need to do. Make their little their little pot. And that's really probably even a better idea than this because you can have them decorate their lives. What are some things that make you up? What some what are some things that make you who you are? And let them decorate the little pots. And then you can take some beans and uh the beans are basically, um, you know, you could use rice. You could use potting soil if you wanted. But you just fill up the little planters, the little pots, about halfway or three-fourths of the way. Um, the flowers, what we do with the flowers is seeds, one to represent that old stinky seed that Charlie had, right? And this, from the stinky thought, the sad seed, and here's a happy seed. So it doesn't really matter how you do that. But you could tell them, as you're doing the activity, or you could do it later, you could say, focus on that sad seed that you have in your heart. You know, if you, Charlie's was that he, is, that he was ugly, or that his garden was ugly. And when that happened, a sad seed got planted in his garden. So think about what sad seed you had the last time you got really upset. Was it that no one loves you? That that's what it is? Then a sad seed just got planted in your garden. And I'll do something like, okay, thank you. So maybe when they tell you what their sad seed is, it got buried in there, right? And then when you have them listen to truth and discover what truth says about them, you can have them dig up that old sad seed if they, if they choose to believe it. If you choose to believe it, we're going to put that happy seed in there. And so let's say truth says, no, you're loved, you're valuable, you're amazing, They'll pull out that sad seed. They can stomp on it. They can throw it. Some kids will eat it. It's okay if they eat the sad seed. It ain't really going to grow on their belly. But anyways, they'll do that. Let them do whatever they want. But um, you want them You want them to have a concrete example of what's going on. Children need ways to get what's abstract to a concrete format or form. And that really helps. So they're visualizing and they're getting it. They're understanding it. And especially for your hands-on learners. Okay, they take it out. They stomp on it. Okay, what was the truth? The truth is that I'm valuable and I'm loved. Okay, did you believe it? I did. Plant that happy seed, you know? And then you make to help them make the, the flower. And happy seeds turn into happy flowers, right? And so there you go. And they have a little visual. They can sit up on their counter. And the next time they're really upset, you can even say, you look at that flower and you remember what God said about you. You remember what the truth is about you. You are beautiful. Okay, it's a great little thing to do with kids. Um, I'll tell you one last story, um, and this is in the book. If you haven't read the book, you'll read you'll you'll uh, read it in there. Um, but I, when I began to kind of put the seed digging thing together, and it was making sense to me, and I would see amazing results with kids, I began to think I've got to teach everybody I know about this. And so I did it in a group. I did it everywhere I could possibly. I mean, it was almost uh, probably a little overkill. If you all knew me back in the day, I wouldn't shut up about it because I was so excited with what I was seeing. And so I did it one day in um, an after-school group with a bunch of elementary kids, and I didn't do that story. I talked about the garden analogy, and I just shared with them how, you know, we all have gardens, we all have weeds. I just did that simple little analogy, and I I just thought I'll do a little experiment and see what's going on with these kids. And so I had them think about the last time they were really upset and focus on the feeling, okay, and then I said, go to another time you felt that same or similar way, and they just started going back in time, which is a part of the seed digging and the freedom prayer technique, 
And when they got as far back as they could, I made them, I asked them to focus on the feeling and think about all the stinky thoughts that were coming to them. And these were really younger elementary kids, and many of them couldn't have wrote, written it down if they wanted to. And so it was kind of a mixed group. I think maybe we had some uh, first graders and up to maybe third grade. And so the ones that wanted to write it down or draw a picture, that's always a good thing to do. I mean, a, a good um, exp- way to express yourself. They could do that. And if they wanted, if they didn't know how to write or they wanted to come and tell me in my ear, they could do that too. And so I had a line of little kids that would come up, tell me their stinky thought, and it was phenomenal. Every one of them had a stinky thought. And it was some of those same classical seeds. No one loves me. No one cares about me. But there was one in particular that just really blew my mind. A little girl had come up there and she had whispered in my ear um, that she had a stinky thought. Or that, that um, I can't remember the specifics, but basically she was sad all the time. And I remembered she would come to group and she was always a very, um, she was always sad and just kind of by herself and she was withdrawn. And she whispered in my ear what had happened. And basically, um, she had shared with me that her grandpa had gotten rid of her puppy. Um, he was constantly in the yard, and he was tearing up things. And um, the grandpa had told her, if you don't do something with the puppy, I'm going to get rid of the puppy. And so she came home from school one day, and grandpa had gotten rid of the puppy. And the little girl began to believe it was all her fault. And so those feelings of guilt were horrifying. They began to make her want to kill herself. She often had thoughts of suicide at a very young age. I don't even remember. Maybe she was in second grade. And so when we asked for truth to come, she immediately heard, it wasn't your fault. Puppies do that. You know, that's, that's what puppies do. And um, you were at school all day. You couldn't have stopped the puppy from tearing up the yard. And she accepted the truth and went on. <laughs> it was pretty cool. But the whole point of it was I realized, wow, this is pretty powerful. You know, in a group setting, we came up with a seed that was driving that little girl to be sad all the time. I physically saw the sadness. I didn't know she wanted to kill herself. You know what I mean? The therapist that was working with her one-on-one later told me, yeah, that's, she does, she, that's one of her symptoms is she has suicidal thoughts. Pretty amazing. So anyways... Um, this is a wonderful little group um, thing that you can do, whether you tell the story of the garden or you come up with your own. You know, there's all kinds of little stories you could tell, and there's all kinds of different things you could do with the plants. I did a, this summer we had a summer program, and we train our techs as summer like program teachers. And I had a lady that was an actual school teacher. And she loved the idea and loved the little, the little story or the little idea of the analogy, the garden analogy. And she said, when I go back to school in the fall, she said, that's what my board outside my room is going to have, is gardens with flowers and weeds. And I'm going to teach these kids that we're all gardens, we all have weeds, and we all have flowers. And I was tickled because I thought, you know, if everybody can grasp this concept from the parents in the home to the counselors who do it at church um, to the kids who learn to do the technique by themselves, we can pull weeds from gardens a lot quicker than just one of us. You know, doing freedom prayer, we can pull weeds, but we're always going to have them. But if you have teachers that are speaking truth to these kids, and you have parents that are speaking truth to these kids, and kids that are digging by themselves, imagine how quick we can get some of these weeds pulled. So that's all I have for, for the group work. Thank you.